God is jealous. God is jealous for you. He wants to have a place in our lives. He wants us to have space for him in our lives. It's God's deepest desire, the desire of his heart to be with us. This is the whole work of salvation. This is what he created us for. This is what he sent the prophets for. This is what he sent Jesus for. Why he hung upon a cross. Why he came back from the grave. Why he ascended into heaven and sent his Holy Spirit down among us. That's what it was all about. Bringing us back to him. Making space in our hearts, in our lives, to receive him. Every act that God makes is for us. He wants for us to be able to choose him over everything else. And this can only happen if we allow him to be, to be the most important part of our lives, to be our everything. In our gospel today, we see several would-be disciples. We don't know what their final decision is, but we do see the challenges that face them. Jesus tells them, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to be all in. There's no time to plow forward and look back. Eyes ahead. Some of them may have been fully invested. They may have been ready to drop everything and say, of course, I'm not worried about not having a place to sleep. I'm not worried about needing to go back and say goodbye to my family or to bury my family. I'm ready to take up the inconveniences of being a disciple now. Some of them might not have been ready. Some of them might have returned, gone back to their daily, ordinary lives. We saw in our first reading a very similar situation with Elisha and Elijah. Elijah comes along and he throws his mantle around Elisha. This is an ancient symbol, meaning, come and follow me. That now, what my mission is, is your mission. And Elijah knew what he was doing when he picked Elisha. Because Elisha had 12 oxen. And probably a great big field if he needed 12 oxen to plow it. He was probably a fairly wealthy person. He had a lot going on in his life. Twelve oxen, I mean just one oxen, was probably five times as much as it is today for us to own one car. That's an insane amount of wealth back then. And Elijah chases after, or Elisha chases after Elijah, and he says, whoa, whoa, wait. Give me some time to sort out my family. And Elijah gives him that permission. But when he goes back, Elisha has had some time to think about things. And he, and he decides, you know what? I don't need to go back to kiss my family goodbye. And he makes the choice permanent. 
He slaughters his cattle and he feeds his people with them. He gives it to his family to eat. He had no way to go back to his former life now. Everything that he had, he had given up. Elijah was his choice. And Jesus asks us to make a choice even more radically than Elijah asked Elisha to make. Not to even think about it, but just to say, yes, I will follow you wherever you go. Some of those disciples that Jesus was talking to were ready on the spot, and some were not. Some would take time to transform their hearts. They each had to go to the place of decision. This is known as the heart. And I don't mean the emotional image of the heart that oftentimes we refer to. But in our tradition, the heart is known as a place of decision because it is the center of who we are. It's the deepest place of who we are, where we could not be any more us if we tried. The heart is the place of decision. The Catechism will say of it that the heart is the place of decision, the place of covenant, of relationship, of deciding who and what we're going to be in relationship with. This is the only place we can truly have an encounter with Jesus. If we ever truly want to choose something, we have to go to that place. We have to go to our hearts. Our readings remind us that when we go to that place, when we encounter the decision that we have to make, there's struggle that is there. We wrestle. And if you're like me, you fight for every inch of land of your heart that you can. I have fought full-on wars with God to maintain the possession of my heart. I didn't want to lose a single inch of ground. Simple things, like what I want to use my free time on, or what kind of TV I choose to watch, or what kind of books I choose to read, or even bigger things, like if I'm going to make prayer a priority in my daily life, or if I'm going to say yes to things like my vocation. I have fought wars over this in my own heart. And each time I fight one of those battles, God will let me win the day. He will give me the territory that I want. He will let me set up the fortifications and defenses in my heart to protect the things that I love more than him. Yet, he pursues me. He desires me. God's desire for me is so great that no defense, no fortification will ever turn him away. He is resolutely determined to come after me. He's resolutely determined to come after you. He continues to come and ask if I would be willing to give up just a little bit more ground, just a little bit more of my heart if I could give it to him. 
God is jealous. He's jealous of the things that occupy my heart, that occupy the space that he deserves to be in, that drive my daily decisions. He sees how lust or greed or pride or insert the sin here has taken possession of us. And he's jealous. He's jealous that it owns us. He's jealous that they direct our daily lives. God's jealousy for us comes from his desire to set us free for freedom's sake. Free to love him. Free to love our neighbor. Free to love ourselves. This can only happen in the heart. We must meet him there, to the place of decision. The only way to get there, spend time in prayer. Be intentional about going to that place, making a decision, not just letting things go the way they go. A simple way to do this is just to take 15 minutes in your day, the beginning, during your lunch break, the end, wherever you can fit it in. Take 15 minutes and start to ask some questions. Notice the distractions that come up in your heart. What would you rather be doing? How would you rather spend that time than being in that place of uncomfortability, of quiet? What things are you willing to sacrifice for? What will you give your time and energy to? If it's at the end of the day, what are the things that will keep you up? I'm going to do this because I need to do this today before I lay my, pillow, my head on my pillow. There is a battle for the space in our hearts, in a place that we make our decisions. Jesus says that out of the fullness of the heart, the mouth will speak. What we choose to protect and to keep in our heart will be what, may, what our mind thinks, what our mouths say, and what our hands do. If we choose to fill our heart with pride, it will overflow with self-importance, with egotism. Or if we choose with, to fill it with greed, it will overflow with love for money, love for possessions, love for status. But if we choose Jesus, if we choose to give over our hearts to Jesus, our hearts will know the freedom to choose love of God, love of neighbor, and love of self. Our hearts will no longer cower in shame, wondering if there will be a day when there's a peek behind the curtain and someone sees what's making me make that decision. Why do I choose ego over others? Why do I choose things over others? But it will instead revel in the freedom that God offers us. That my heart belongs to God and to God alone. 
and I am not a slave to anything else or to anyone else. 